0: Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of ASCI e Anything presented by Mosher Consulting. I'm your host, Ángel León, Mosher's Director of Personnel. We're glad you're with us for another episode of ASCI e Anything and with us today is Mosher's Director of Marketing, Melinda Lauder, who joins us today to talk about practical creativity. How is creativity one of the most in-demand but misunderstood job skills today? What is practical creativity? How can it benefit your future? That and much more will be answered by Melinda today on Ask Anything. Melinda, as always, it's great to have you back on Ask Anything. As you have in the past, you keep bringing us these great subjects to talk about. How are you?
1: Hi, Angel. It's great to be back. It's good to be with you.
0: Awesome. Well, let's start with creativity, because when I hear that word, I think of things such as art, poetry, music, among other things. But what we're talking about today is not directly related to those topics, right?
1: yeah so i mean i I work in marketing and I have my whole life, so I worked with creative people what what everyone considers the traditional definition of creative people my whole life. so like I've always had kind of an interest in this topic. Um, when I was actually in college, uh, my uh, senior honors thesis was a research paper about the personality traits of creative people because I believed that all of these creative people that I work with had to be the same, right? They had to share some common set of personality traits, something that tied them all together because the end result was the same. They were all very creative people. They were all able to produce inside of their thing, whether it be photography, whether it be, um, I was in the journalism school, uh, so, you know, we had, writers and photographers and graphic designers and marketing experts, and they're all creative inside their, their um, chosen medium. So I was like, okay, all of these people have to have something common, right? So I I did this research paper. I interviewed different creative people out in the world about their personality traits, because I thought there has to be a commonality and kind of what I discovered is there's really not like some creative people are very organized and very structured Um, very, you know, step A, step B, step C type of people. Others are kind of very more artistic and and more free flowing. And, you know, their life may be a mess, but they can make a great, you know, photograph. And they're just kind of um, free spirited and artsy. And there was everything in between. So all of these people who, do these creative processes and achieve these creative things are all different. So, you know, it, it kind of left my paper in a a weird place. And back then I didn't know what to do with that, but it was kind of like, so then what is creativity? Like, what is it if all of these creative people are completely different and have different personalities and skill sets and then really, what is it? So I think as I've gotten older, like thinking about it, I've kind of figured out that our perception of creativity is wrong, right? So um, creativity isn't like a gift because people think, oh, artisty people, creative people, it's a gift, they were born with it and that's what they have and then they take advantage of that gift or they don't. But um, like, I really feel like that's not it. I feel like creativity is a skill and you can hone it and you can work it and you can get better at it. Now that does not mean anyone can be Michelangelo. <laughs> but <laughs> inside your field, you can become more creative. Um, Michelangelo was known to have said this um, people would tell him that you know what you do is magical, even in his own time. And uh, he was known to have said, if, if people knew how hard I worked to get my mastery, they wouldn't think it was magical at all. So it's, you know, that tells me this is a long-term problem. <laughs> this yes. is like, you know, this is what people's perception of this has been for a really long time.
0: Well, in practice makes perfection. So that Michelangelo quote is perfect. Uh, but I want to say, I want to say something about uh, something that you said earlier about how I have the same bias about how, when you think, oh, creative people are all the same, well, they're not, but I, I have, if you, if you presented me with the information, I would have actually said yes. I think all of the, you know, art students, all the music students, all those types of individuals would be the same, but they're really not because obviously they're, they have different interests and they have different ways of thinking and different ways of bringing out that creativity. So that, that's very interesting. Um, so what is practical creativity? Because that's what we're talking about today. And why Uh, is that important?
1: Yeah, so practical creativity kind of takes it away from the, like the artists, there's always going to be artists who are, you know, creative in that way. But practical creativity, it's really about being creative in your thinking for whatever job role you're in, right? Um, It's about developing creative thinking skills, and then applying them to your problem solving, to create innovation in what you do. Um, It's about thinking big, big picture, high-level thinking, and the ability to see things from new angles, right? New perspectives. And if you are able to do this in your career, not in art, you can come up with solutions no one else is talking about. Right, no one else is doing. And creativity is going to be the currency of the modern worker, especially in technology. This is where it's going to be at. If you can hone these creative skills and apply this to a practical creativity, um, it's going to be where it's at. Uh, At Moser, we like to hire problem solvers. We've said that for a long time, but really what is a problem solver except for a creative thinker, somebody who can look at something see it from a high level and come up with new ways to solve that problem, new ways to do it that nobody's thinking about. And in technology, especially as automation starts to replace the repetitive part of technology jobs, being able to creatively problem solve is going to become a commodity for tech workers.
0: It's interesting that you say that because we do in fact hire the most creative people and we bring on people who are problem solvers not because they can for lack of a better term solve a problem but because they can actually think outside the box and go beyond what you would expect that's why we bring them on because that's those are the types of hires that we do but in describing all of this you something came to my head and that is so this is a little bit more individualistic, but also at the same time, uh, you know, group setting. Because when you hire and when you have a group of people that are problem solvers, brainstorming kind of gets to be a little bit different, right? So, yeah, um, is does that mean that brainstorming is dead as a whole? Or I yes. mean, and what is that? What is <laughs> basically? So what is is brainstorming dead because we're bringing individuals who are, right, creative thinkers who are going to be proactively looking for ways to change things. And so what does that have to do with practical creativity if brainstorming is dead?
1: So brainstorming is dead, or it should be, um, as we traditionally do it. I mean, think about a brainstorming session. So somebody either sets a meeting or runs around the office and grabs people. And throws them in a room and says okay guys i have a problem and here's my problem so i'm going to stand at this whiteboard and you're going to throw me solutions so there's so many problems with this model (laughs) there's so many problems you know if you think about the social implications people are afraid to say something stupid in front of their peers they're afraid to you know um look Like they don't know what they're talking about or what if nobody likes my idea or even like, well, if I say this great idea, you know, am I going to get credit for it down the road or, you know, there's all sorts of social things going on. But, um, I mean, there's even other social things like social loafing. So um, I think we've all know what social loafing is if you've ever been on a group project. So it's basically if you put a bunch of people together, they each give less effort than if they were on their own. So mm-hmm. if you're on a group project, and, and they did tests on this, and they figured out they use rope pulling. So they tested a bunch of people individually and said, pull on this rope as hard as you can, and measured how much energy they pulled. And then they put them in a group. And each person in the group pulled less hard than they would have than they did on their own like the the social loafing and the social fears and anxieties. And then, you know, it just, it just doesn't work. And there's been more studies that are actually really interesting about working on your own and then coming together. So the more productive way, especially I think for technology people is to come together, go over the problem and present them with all the facts then to break apart, let each person work on it on their own, and then come together with all of the ideas and evaluate them. You evaluate them together, everybody talks about them together. It's almost the opposite when you do a brainstorming you throw out all the ideas and then as a group, and then one person goes and evaluates them on their own. So, you know, you get the power of the people together when you're evaluating the ideas, talking about them, doing devil's advocate on them. And this really brings up another topic about the brainstorming, which is the prep work. Very little prep work usually goes into brainstorming. Like you write the problem and then you give it to the people. If you were to do this type of creativity properly, more of it is front loaded. Like it's basically research driven. The person who is in charge of this idea, whose problem it is, who needs the help of the creative team. It's on them to do the research. Like the first step is research. You have to go, you have to figure out the problem. You have to figure out what other people are doing about this problem. You have to uh, figure out known solutions. You have to do all of that, put it together. And then you have to, and I'm not talking about page one, Google search. I'm talking about page 10, Google search. Like you got to really dive into it and figure out what's going on. And then you have to get insight from that. You have to put together all that research for the team. And you have to figure out what does all this mean? What are the trends here? What's going on in this industry? What's going on with this problem? And then you you get them together, present it to them, and then break them apart. Let them have time. Let them have room to generate their own ideas. And then you come back together to, to test it and hone it and bring it together. That's just, to me, a much better way of doing what traditionally we call brainstorming.
0: You reminded me of something that from one of our previous episodes, when we talked to Bob Russo, Mm -hmm. and when we were talking about IT leadership, he always used the term, I would go to an individual and present a problem. And he said that a couple of times during the podcast. And that, now that you say that kind of came back to me about what he was saying, that IT people are problem solvers. So for the most part, if you give an individual something like that, they can certainly take care of it on their own rather than doing a big brainstorming session and bringing you know 10 people in. And like you were saying, when you do that individually, you're putting the onus on just one person. And then that creativity is going to flow because they don't have to worry about other people's biases or other people's thoughts when they're trying to solve that issue. So it does make yeah, sense that you can
1: still come back together to evaluate mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. And bounce those ideas. And by that time, those people have thrown out their bad ideas. You know, they've already, right. they're not going to be embarrassed. They're going to be more confident, like with their good ideas. And you're going to bring together everybody's good ideas and merge them. And, you know, there's still the team aspect to it, but you mm-hmm. have to consider the social parts that hold people back. And you got
0: to work around that. Yeah, that's that's where I was heading with that is that once you get your own set of ideas as an individual, then you can go into that group setting and present them. And then you're going to get basically the top 10% for each individual. And when you put that all together, something fabulous is going to come out. So that leads me to my next question. So rethinking creativity, why should we do that?
1: So I think that creativity is, is good for us. Uh, And I'm not talking about artistic endeavors. I'm talking about making your brain work in different ways and solving problems. I think that it's good for us as people. And I think that finding a creative outlet is therapeutic for people. The cost to you is time. Like it takes time. You know, when I talk about, you know, you, you can do this. It's not like you can turn it on tomorrow we actually on our blog, we put a whole list of resources that kind of help people start thinking creatively and start, you know, flexing those muscles a little bit. And I think, you know, if you invest some time into it, into some out of the box thinking into some things that, that expand your mind a little bit in these areas inside your, inside your, your tech area, right. It doesn't have to be, like I said, some sort of creative outlet that's actually creative. Just creative thinking inside your knowledge area. You know, I think the benefits can be great for your family, for yourself, for your career. I mean, for your business, you can be surprised what'll start popping up once you start flexing your mind like that. When Google went public a few years ago, we learned about their 20% time rule. This was several years ago in 2004 when they went public, but initially they encouraged their employees to spend 20% of their time working on anything that they felt like would benefit Google, anything that they felt like would benefit their company, thinking about working on some little side project, something like that. And it led them to innovation. It led them to things they didn't have on their original business plan horizon. And and some of those are things we all enjoy today. So.
0: And that's a good point because they were looking at the future and looking at what they didn't have, they were basically empowering their people to actually get those creative muscles going in their brain to kind of better the organization as a whole. So that's very smart. So how can we develop the skills of practical creative thinking?
1: I mean, there's a lot of ways you could actually do a creative endeavor, if you are a little bit artistic or, you know, pick up a new hobby, you could do something different. You can work on solving little problems or um, just take an average problem that you have in your job. And instead of just doing it normally, maybe take a step back and go, what's another way to solve this problem? What's another way to do this project? You know, sometimes we get projects even in the marketing department and we're like, okay, it's, it's X, we'll go do X. And instead of doing that, sometimes you take a step back and go, how else could I do this? Is there another way? Is there something new? Is there a new distribution method out there I can look at and think of and learn instead of just going down the same path I always go down? Um, And we do, we did put a lot of things in uh, the blog on the motorit.com where a few books about creative thinking, some kickstarting your creativity, Ted talks, and some other things on there to kind of help you think about things in a different way and work on those techniques.
0: Yes. Go to mojoit.com and you'll find this blog about creative thinking. Last question before we go. So how can we take advantage of practical creativity and how could it lead us to learn about our own professional strengths?
1: I think just, it's a change in thinking. I think that it's just thinking about things in a new way and thinking about things in a different way and a new way to involve your team. And I, I don't think, even though it's you know independent for a lot of pieces of this process of like practical creativity, I don't think it's an independent process. I, I do think you get the team together for critical parts and you have them all working independently at times, but on the same goal and on the same problem. And I think it's just something you have to just keep thinking about and keep flexing and keep working on. And over time, you'll just get really into a groove with it and you'll start thinking creatively and and more things you do and you'll see everything as an opportunity. I feel like it's, you know, this type of thinking has kind of opened up my mind and and I can think about any new problem. I start immediately going to researching it and doing different things on it and thinking about how can this be done in a new way?
0: Well, and also from a professional standpoint, I would say, just make sure that you leverage your strongest skills and apply them to that professional setting of what you're looking at, that professional problem solving, and then see where it takes you. Every one of us has a skill that we think it's our strongest for me. It's it's listening and just sitting there and, and listening to people. So I don't know how I could put that in a professional problem solving environment, but I could certainly listen to somebody about their issue and try to help them figure it out. So as we start thinking differently, we have to take advantage of those strongest skills that we have in order to get those creative thinking juices going and getting that creative memory just going. Just click it.
1: Yep. Yeah, just clicking. And, you know, it really is it preparation is the key to all of it. I mean, you have to do mm-hmm. research. You have to put in the work behind uh, the entire process. So, you know, and and it will get better results from your team in the end when you do that and they'll appreciate it more. You know, there's nothing worse than gathering a team and standing at the whiteboard and everybody being like <laughs> I don't know I'm, I'm just not feeling it today you know yeah. <laughs> and you need it and you need an idea so um sometimes it's much better if people can go to their place where they're comfortable to do their creative thinking right not mm-hmm. everybody's comfortable sitting around a conference yep. table or on a zoom call You know, you want to go get your coffee and sit in your sunroom or, you know, I don't know, maybe Mm -hmm. walk the street. And some people like to walk while they think so they want to walk down the street and take a walk while they're chewing the idea around in their head. And everybody's a little different. You can't do that sitting in a whiteboard. So, Mm -hmm. you know, letting everybody experience their creativity in their own way just sounds like a much better idea to me.
0: Yeah, you can't do that when you're sitting on a whiteboard and you have three other sets of eyes looking at you and your hand isn't moving with the marker in your hand and you can't put that thought into into the whiteboard because it's just not flowing. So yeah. as you mentioned, everybody does it different. Maybe they like to sit on their favorite chair and just read a book while they're thinking or as you mentioned, just go for a walk and just get those creative juices going. Yep. All right. Well, with that, we'd like to thank Melinda Louder for joining us again this week to talk about uh, practical creativity.
1: Thank you very much. John. It was great to be here.
0: We'd like to thank Melinda Louder for joining us this week to talk about practical creativity. Ask Anything we will be back next week with another episode, continuing to dive deeper with our resident experts and what they're currently working on. If you have an idea or a topic you'd like us to explore, please reach out to us through our social media channels. In the meantime, please remember to give us a rating and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, get those creative juices going. So long, everybody.